And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm, I'm going down memory lane. I'm taking a little walk back to the year 1964. So why am I going all the way back to 1964? The reason I'm going back to 1964 is because there's, there's a lot of things that occurred way back in the 1960s that have passed away today. Yeah, you heard me correctly. They passed away. In other words, they, they don't exist anymore. They've, they've, gone, they've gone their separate ways. Now, there are people that were born in 1964 that, ironically, they have passed away. Even, even though it's, it's the modern era, it's now the year 2023, there are people that were born in 1964 that have passed away and never made it to the year 2023. Why, why do I bring that up? Why, do I, why am I bringing up such morbid information? Well, the reason for it is that statistically, 29% of all Americans pass away before they reach the age of retirement. And now let me do the math for you. I'm 59 years of age. I am retired. I've been retired since the age of 55. With no thanks to my pension. Now, my pension helps, but my pension didn't retire me. What retired me was investing in real estate assets. What retired me was using the passive income that comes from those vehicles. And I used that to offset my ordinary costs of living. It, it covers my housing expense. It covers my vehicle expense. It covers my laundry expenses. It covers my, my food expenses. It covers the cost of Mrs. Gordon and I living today. But ironically, 29% of all Americans will pass away before they reach the age of retirement. So what is that age of retirement? According to the United States government, that age of retirement is 67 years of age. Now, I'm 59 years of age, so I'm trying to think of what it's going to be like in the future. What is it going to be like in eight years when my peer group is supposed to retire? I'm wondering how many of them can actually retire. And here's my concern. I think a lot of the people in my peer group that were born, say, in the year 1964, I think a lot of them are going to find it difficult to retire. And here's why. My generation was a generation that pivoted away from pensions and move to 401ks. What am I getting at? Okay. Back long before I was born, companies paid salaries to employees. And as part of that salary compensation, they also afforded them a pension. In other words, it would be money that would be available to them if they put in a certain number of years at the company. So when they retired from the company, they would be recipients of this pension. Now, one of the problems with pensions is that they're very expensive. And, and here's why. If you're the company, essentially you're paying for labor that is not performing any labor for you. So it's, it's an expense of the business, but it doesn't provide you any utility. So the problem with pensions is they became very, very expensive 
for companies and corporations to to pay out. And pensions started eroding over time. There were more and more companies that were more hesitant to offer pensions, or if they offered pensions, they offered a reduced type of annuity. In other words, they didn't give you the full pension that maybe somebody 10 years prior to you earned because they couldn't afford it anymore. And then in 1978, legislation was passed by the United States Congress that introduced the 401k into the world. That 401k plan that you follow right now, it's actually signed into law as part of Section 401k in the appropriate legal document. Yeah, I don't know which document that is, but I know it's the 401k, and that's why it's labeled the 401k. So what did that 401k do? Well, in 1978, it went into law. It became an opportunity for entities, mainly companies or corporations, to provide a different type of retirement plan for its beneficiaries that wasn't a pension. And corporations jumped on it really fast. By 1980s, by by the 1980s, I should say, 401ks, they, they were here to stay. They were the new pension. And I remember as a young man, all the discussion about the 401k. And, and there was a lot of chatter when I was a young man that the 401k was a better way to go than Social Security. And there was a lot of argument that, well, you know, if we would just not have to pay into Social Security, if we could just use that money and we could buy into our 401k or we could invest in the stock market, we could get a better rate of return than what Social Security could give us. I mean, that was that was the discussion back in the 1980s. Pe- people realized that Social Security was problematic and that even back in the 1980s, they were talking about insolvency with Social Security. We're still talking about it today, are we not? All right, so the 1980s, the 401k came out, and it was made available to employees, and employees liked it because they felt that it gave them a better benefit than if the money had been pulled out and sent to Social Security. That was that was one of the arguments back at the, the day was, do we just charge you more for Social Security, or do we give you another vehicle that you can use so that you can augment Social Security and you can have more control over it? Well, 401k was that more control. Uh, it allowed many companies, many corporations to, to reduce reduce the burden that pensions had put on them, make that burden go away. And it shifted the burden for retirement from the the organizational platform onto the individual platform. What am I talking about? Well, see those those pensions? They it was it was incumbent upon the company to remain in business so that they can continue to pay those pensions. Yeah. So, you know, the, those pensions could have been at risk in the future if, if the company went out. So let's let's say you were born in the 1920s and you started working for a company in the 1940s and you worked with that company for 20 years and you earned a pension and you retired in the 1960s. Then in the 1980s, that company went out of business, but you're not passed away yet. So who's paying that pension? Well, I guess it depends on how that pension was set up, whether it was set up into a trust account, in which case there were investments made that were able to make payments to you, or it came right out of that company's uh, operating fund, in which case if that company was no longer in business, they couldn't pay you. Yeah, it was a risk. So so pensions weren't 100% foolproof back in the day either. So the 401k, when it came out, it, it seemed like this this opportunity for people to build up this big pile of money 
you didn't have to necessarily put in 20 years. People were doing these this analysis that, hey, if you invest for like five years and you, you do it correctly and blah, 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 you can make enough money in your 401k that you could retire yourself in five years. Now, looking back in time, since there haven't been a lot of people that have come forth and said, I retired myself with my 401k in five years or less, I'm thinking that's a very difficult road to follow. It's a very difficult result to achieve, okay? Unlike the claim that we make at Lifestyles Unlimited, which is you can get retired with real estate in five years or less. That's how I got it done. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we will put you on a, a roadmap. It's a five-year plan that is designed to get you to a place of retirement in that five-year period. Now, most people get it done in five years or less. Not everybody requires the entire five-year period of time. I got it done in two years. Now, I'm not bragging. Please don't think that I am bragging. I am not. I was desperate. See, I, I tried to retire from the military at the age of 50. Remember that pension I was telling you about that I earned? Yeah. So that pension came in, but here's the problem with that pension. It only pays me one-third of what I used to make on active duty. So as a result, I was trying to live off of one-third of what I used to make before I retired. Yeah. Can you can you envision a giant vacuum in my checking account? Because my expenses didn't go down two-thirds, but my income did. It was a huge problem for me. So I had to get back into the workforce. That's the only thing I knew how to do at the time. So I got back into the workforce. I got a job. And the new retirement plan was just continue working for 20 years, right? Because then you can get maximum Social Security benefits. And the new job had a, a pension component to it also. So I would get a second pension. So hopefully between two pensions and Social Security at the age of 70, I'd be okay. But there was a real problem with that game plan. I hated it. I hated it. It it didn't fit into my psyche very well. Because when here's the thing. When you envision yourself as retired, when you feel that you finally have achieved something you've you've longed for your entire life, only to have it taken away from you, it feels terrible. It's a giant sucking feeling in your life. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. So I tasted retirement once at the age of 50. I couldn't retain it because my retirement planning didn't do for me what I thought it was going to do. And I had to go back to work. So I did. I went back into work and I found Lifestyles Unlimited. And when I became a member of Lifestyles Unlimited and I put the roadmap to work for myself based on my expectations and what I was trying to accomplish, I came up with a five-year plan. Now, that five-year plan, I followed. And at the end of two years, I had achieved the results that I was trying to achieve based on a five-year plan in two years. There's nothing wrong with, with accelerating the plan or having the plan accelerate on you. That's really what happened to me. The plan accelerated on me, and I'm glad I did. it did. At the age of 55, I became retired, and this time it stuck. It stuck. It 100% stuck. And I'm happy in retirement. I want you to be the same. I want you to have the same experience that I have. Now, I don't care how old you are. This is going to work for you. When we come back from the break, I'm going to get into those strategies that I promised you I would get into in this segment. Stick around. 
Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Right now, we're coming upon a great opportunity. It's that time in which you're going to find that the marketplace is changing and it is shifting to a buyer's market away from a seller's market. Number one, the brokers don't want you to know that. They're going to do everything they can do to keep you from believing the truth. Number two, the sellers don't want to believe it, although in the back of their minds, they know it. Now, that doesn't mean everybody will crater for you, but some people are going to be in those situations where they have to negotiate for deals, and you've got to be there. Now, if you're not there, you won't get one. Join us for the free online workshop and we'll show you how to be in the right place at the right time in any market cycle. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, I'm, I'm kind of taking you back to the 1960s. That's I was born in the year 1964, um, and I, I'm doing it because I want to make a point. Real estate has remained relatively unchanged during the entire course of my life. Yeah, a lot of the buildings that were built in the year I was born, 1964, many of those buildings are still standing today. They are. They, they come in different configurations. Some, some of them are shacks. Some of them are single-family houses. Some of them are duplexes, some are triplexes, some are fourplexes, some are multifamily apartment communities, some are office buildings, some are retail buildings, some are other forms of commercial real estate. But many of these buildings that were built in the 1960s are still in service today. There are buildings that exist in our, our infrastructure, our real estate infrastructure, that were built even earlier real estate has a tendency to stick around it has a tendency to be resilient it has a tendency to be available for you to put into service for rental property now let's let's break it all down for a second let's take a step back because i promised you i was going to give you the strategies right all right i just i just named off a bunch of different types of real estate. And I, I didn't include everything. I did not include everything. So if you thought I gave you everything, I didn't give you everything. There's a reason for it. I don't want you to be focused on everything. I really don't. And here's why. We have found that there are two elements of real estate that make for the best vehicles for you to invest in. You want to know what they are? They are single family assets and they are multifamily assets. What do they have in common? Well, they are places that people are willing to pay you a third of what they make in order to live there. 
yeah, that's that's kind of how rental real estate works out. I mean, if you're renting, think about it. Think about it. Let's let's just take a step back. If you're a renter, think in your mind, how much do you pay in rent every month? How much do you make every month? Is it give or take around one third? Okay, it's probably give or take. Now, if it's like closer to half, wow, you probably live on the West Coast. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. Or or you you just spend more money on housing because you find that appropriate. That's what that's what makes you roll. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the point I'm trying to make is that people are willing to pay you money in order to have a nice place to live. Now, people will pay you for not so nice places to live, but at Lifestyles Unlimited, we're not going to teach you how to own and operate not so nice properties. No, because those those properties just they just don't work for a myriad of reasons. They don't. So at Lifestyles Unlimited, what we like to talk about is we like to talk about clean and functional, clean and functional, so that when we go into a property, we're going to clean it up and we're going to make it look nice. We're also going to make sure that all the elements within the structure work correctly. What elements am I talking about? Well, the plumbing, the plumbing works. You, you have water supply that comes into the, the structure and you have waste supply that takes all that waste water out of the structure and connects either into a septic system or into a sewer system, right? You also make sure that the HVAC system is, is, is functional and working and that you have clean filters in that, that system so that whoever moves in, they understand that's the standard. You keep your filters clean. You make sure all the appliances are working. Yeah, nobody wants to rent a property where as soon as you move in, you find out the refrigerator doesn't work, the stove doesn't work. Yeah, that's not fun. That's not fun at all. What else do you need to make sure that works? Anything mechanical, essentially, in in the structure. If it's mechanical and it's in the structure, it needs to work. It needs to work correctly. Like the hot water heater. That is technical. Is that mechanical? What I'm getting at is when that property is clean and functional, It's going to compete well with other properties that are out there in the marketplace competing with you that are clean and functional themselves or are not. Yeah, trust me, you're competing with properties that are not as nice as the property that you're putting on the market. Did you know that? Yeah, it is true. It is absolutely true. Now, realistically, when somebody finds your property, and they see its appearance. They see that it has a Lifestyles Unlimited finish to it. That's, that's what I like to call it, a Lifestyles Unlimited finish. In other words, you've, you've done the things that you need to do to make that property ready to go on the market so that somebody will want to, to rent it. Now, you're competing most, most likely with other properties that are very similar to yours. But at Lifestyles Unlimited, we're going to teach you that you understand your marketplace. You understand what those other like-kind properties look like. And you make sure that your property has one feature, just one feature that is in addition to what everybody else has, because that one little feature, believe it or not, is going to stand out. It's going to stand out in the mind of your prospective resident, and they're going to think, you know what? This property, it just has a little bit of extra oomph to it. It has just a little bit of extra flair to it. You know what? I could see myself living in this property because this property, there's just something about it. Have you ever had that feeling? 
Have you ever had that feeling? Well, people get that feeling when they walk into a property that is modeled after the Lifestyles Unlimited model. It's as simple as that. Oh, so you're, you're wondering, so what is the feature, Al? What is the feature? Well, you, you determine what the feature is. You determine what the feature is based on your understanding of the marketplace. Maybe it's tile backsplashes in the, in the kitchen. So you decide to put a built-in microwave maybe in a cabinet system, or maybe you, you put it over the range. Now, what's that cost you? I don't know. It could cost you a couple hundred bucks, maybe 500 bucks. I don't know. But I think it gives you something extra in the marketplace that, again, psychologically is registering with the people that are looking at your property. As a result, people are going to tend to want to rent your property first, or at least put it first in line as they start to make applications. You know, I was just looking at a... uh opportunity that came into my emails and I realized something very, very interesting. This particular property, if I were to buy it, would fulfill one of my strategic goals that I have for investing. So I am looking to invest my money into assets. You have to be very specific about what you buy. Real estate investing has remained relatively unchanged since the founding of this country. Here's, here's, here's getting back to the strategy piece. Here's one of the strategies we want to help you achieve for yourself. Okay. If, if it makes sense for you, it's got to make sense to you. If it doesn't make sense to you, don't do it. But for many of you, you could buy 10 single family houses or let's say a 40 unit apartment community, and you could receive passive income off of the rental income streams of these properties so that that passive income is coming into your household every month. Each and every month, that passive income flows into your household. And you use that money to pay your various expenses of living. Once you have enough passive income coming into your household that it meets or exceeds your expenses in life, that's what retirement looks like. Yeah, this is a strategy that is designed to get you to that place. We can get you to that place in about five years. For some of you, a lot shorter period of time. For some of you, you might need a little more time. Why do I say that? Because everybody starts in a different place. Everybody has a different place that they begin from. Some people have time available to them and no money. Some people have money available to them and no time. Some people are right in the middle. They, they've got some time and some money, but not a lot of time and a lot of money. Does that make sense? All right. So the idea is if you're flipping, you're, you're working in a job. You really are. That's how the IRS treats it. They, they tax you like you're working in a job. So they, they deem that you're working in a job. And you're not developing any passive streams of income because you're using equity money to live off of. You're not using operational money to live off of. But if you owned the real estate, if you own 10 single family houses or a 40 unit apartment community, you could effectively get yourself to a place of retirement. Now, for some of you, maybe you need 20 single family houses, or maybe you need an 80 unit apartment community. 
I, I don't know what kind of income you're trying to replace. This is part of the reason you've got to become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited so that we can get you educated on all the different components of this investing strategy, not to mention the tactical piece of how to do the investments themselves. Then on top of that, we're going to teach you how to manage all of this stuff as an asset manager. Yeah, you're going to become something that we like to refer to ourselves as an asset manager. I manage assets that my family owns. That's my primary position in my household. I'm an asset manager. Yeah. Now, how much time do I spend being an asset manager? Not very much at all. I spend more time a week doing this radio show than I spend in a month managing my assets. Now, the majority of my investments are pure passive investments. That means I don't physically do anything. I really, I don't do anything. Now, I do have one active investment. I still have one single family house that I, that I own that I'm getting ready to sell. As a matter of fact, it's available on the, on the market right now, and there's a lot of interest in it. So chances are, by the time I get off of the radio, I might have an offer in hand, or better yet, I'd have more than one offer to choose from. That would be a really great problem. And what am I doing? What I'm doing is I'm harvesting the equities from that single family house, because part of my strategy was this. I 1031 from another asset into this asset. My strategy was as soon as I doubled the money in this asset, I would sell the asset. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move from that active investment component into most likely a passive investment component, meaning I'm going to invest with somebody else who's a Lifestyles Unlimited member who is willing to do the tactical work to go out there and make money for not only themselves, but for me too. See, this supports my long-term goal of being and staying retired. And because I'm selling one asset and I'm going to buy at least two with it, I have met the strategic requirements for achieving what I'm trying to achieve. And here's the beautiful thing. I'm going to have more assets in my portfolio bag. It's a really good place to be. I'm adding, I'm, I'm taking one out and I'm putting two back in. That's the way this is going to shake out. This is going to be a good, good problem. And here's the other problem. I am also going to become a little more active when it comes to investing in the multifamily space. See, I'm going to be supporting my son, Jonathan, who is going to become an IRO, an independent rental operator. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to go and do the daily operational work of that asset? No, no, I'm not. But here's what I am going to do. I'm going to be a backup for him just in case the military calls him again. That's happened before so that the asset stays on track if I need to step in. But the reality of it is this. My son is going to be in charge of that asset. I'm going to be very, very passive in my investment with that asset. And I'm going to be able to control 100% of my time, which is ultimately my goal and my desire. That is my number one goal for myself is to control 100% of all of my time while I'm on this planet. And so far I'm doing a pretty good job. Well, since retiring myself for the second time, look, if you want to do what I'm doing, 
If you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, there's, there's a real simple solution to all of this. All you have to do is go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and we'll get you going. for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at Lifestyles unlimited.com until next time remember it's not the money it's the lifestyle The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.